today on It's Time. Any teaching that puts you in the driver's seat and takes Christ out of the driver's seat is a doctrine of demons. I hear the calling, it's time. It's time. It's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the book of 1 Timothy. So, turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. They will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Crazy stuff. Why would anybody that's alive in Christ that knows Jesus get ripped off by this? By getting away from what truth is. The devil knows how to reform a lie to make it look like truth. It says it's supernatural. Deceiving spirits have gone out. Do you realize you have a formidable enemy called the devil and his demons? You know, the demons, uh, they work overtime, especially on every one of us that know his word. Why is that? Well, because you know God's truth. If he can take you out of the way, that truth element is gone and people will believe a lie. Now something, again, when we read this, we recognize that Paul is writing to Timothy, a young minister. But in fact, reality, we're all young ministers. Do you realize that you will see people this week I will never probably meet in my life? Do you realize you know people in your life across America and around the world I'll never see personally? You are their minister. Remember who you are. That you are a light bearer. You represent your Father in heaven to a world that doesn't know him. And what are, we, what are we representing to the world? God was manifested in the flesh, justified by the Spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up to heaven. Well, as we look at this, that's what we do. That's why we're here. Oh, I just love it that people, when they accept Christ, would come down. If you need to receive Jesus today, come down. We'll pray for you. Oh, do you believe in Jesus? Yes, I do. They're gone. They just go right into heaven. But God leaves us here. Why? We're his witnesses. We're his Timothys. We're, we're who represents him in the world. So first of all, know this. Latter times, it's going to get more intense. The devil is going to try to seduce you. Now, how does he seduce us? By taking our eyes off of God. Once you take your eyes off of God, the sky's the limit. New Year's resolution. Keep our eyes on Jesus. I think that's what we need to do. Uh, and again, not giving in to these deceiving spirits and doctrine of demons. Now, doctrine of demons, what's a doctrine of demon? Well, I don't know exactly understand this, but I know one of the first doctrines of the devil that was presented to man and woman in the Garden of Eden was, eat of the tree, you'll be as God. What is everybody saying today? You're the master of your destiny. You know, after receiving Christ as my Savior, I just use my faith words and I get whatever I want. I visualize it, I blab it, I grab it, it's mine. 
What's wrong with that? I've taken God out of the driver's seat. I put him in the back seat. I'm driving now. Where are you going? I haven't got a clue, but I'm going. That's the way it is. You see, there's the problem that we find. And if I don't let God be God in my life, and even cloaking it in religious Christian garb doesn't make the lie any less a lie. Again, when we recognize that any teaching that puts you in the driver's seat and takes Christ out of the driver's seat is a doctrine of demons. Again, eat of the tree, you'll be as God. You accept Jesus as your Savior, and now he's your Santa Claus. You just say what you want and you get it. And you just keep blabbing it like a, like a blown out muffler on a 57 Chevy. <gasps> I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. No, 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 that isn't what's going to work. If you're not in the will of God, if you're not, as Jesus said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is what makes the difference between a true believer And somebody that has put Jesus in their pocket and now trying to climb to the top. What is the doctrine of demons? I believe it's self-exaltation. That's what Eve was presented with from Satan. Eat of the tree, you'll be as God. Well, what is some of the teaching that we're hearing by some of the biggest churches in America? Well, when you have a problem in your life, You just look to that inner light within you. You just trust that inner light. That inner light just glows within you. That inner light. Do you know nowhere in the entire Bible does it ever say to look to yourself, an inner light within you, or anywhere else? It says, look unto Jesus Christ, the author, the finisher of our faith. Self-exhortation. Doctrine of demons. Always a scary thing. So anything that is trying to make you in control, you know, that's one of the wonderful things about being born again is getting in the back seat. I don't know how many people have ever had the wonderful and somewhat blitzful uh, experience of driving to California through Nevada at night. I have driven that road If I had a dollar for every time I drove it, I probably could have bought the highway. But I remember certain things. As you get, as you drive, as you're tired, and I used to get off of work at like 5 o'clock, I'd have the car packed, and I would go see my parents, and I would drive down interstate, or down the highway, down 93, till, and I remember driving, and driving, and driving. And I'll tell you one thing, it's a good thing God made a lot of Nevada, because if he didn't, Idaho would fall down on top of California. But the, the, the reason why I look at that is when you cross the Idaho state line into Nevada and when you leave it down there by, by, uh, on your way to Barstow, it all looks the same. It's, one of, it's, it's a very unusual place. And I remember driving and, I, I, one of, and when you would go with somebody, you'd just say, I can't drive anymore. Can you drive for me? Yeah, okay. And I remember that I would let them drive and I would crawl in the back seat. You know, it's a grand thing to let God drive. That's something that I found more than anything else. And you know, people say, well, well, what about when you pray and God says no? You go, thank you, Lord. 
thank you that you say no. You know, you'll find as you grow in Christ, you'll appreciate when God says no or wait as much as when he says yes. In fact, sometimes I think even more. Because it isn't that I want what I want, self-exaltation. I'm going to get what I want. But rather to say, God, your will be done. You know what I really need. And I may not need this thing altogether. If daddy, when you pray, says no, thank the Lord. When God interrupts your schedule through an inconvenience or some kind of loss or some kind of illness, all you say is, Lord, I don't understand it but I'm going to trust you that you're doing something to refine me, to get me where you want me to be. But the Bible says, give thanks in all things, for this is the will of Christ Jesus concerning you. I've actually been raised, again, I was raised in church. I know some of you were raised in the bars. Our stories, my stories are probably weirder than yours. And I actually heard a a minister one time say, no, you do not have to thank God for the bad things in your life. Oh, yes, you do. Because it's through the bad things that drive me to my need for me to recognize who God is. That he's bigger than the things that are wrong in my life. Bigger than the things wrong in your life. God is the healer. God is the repair. God is the restorer. And you will never know how big your daddy is until your toy is broken and you bring it to God and say, God, fix it. And what I mean by your toy, it might be your marriage. It might be your... It might be your career might be anything might be your health you'll never realize how big your daddy is until you have issues in your life you ever been around kids that have gotten every single thing they've ever wanted i want that here i want that here i don't want to do that okay what do we find they're spoiled And do you know what? When you get around spoiled children that are in the teen years and early 20s, you can't stand to be around them. They've never heard the word no. They've never heard the word wait. They've never heard the word tomorrow. Well, we become that way. We become selfish. We become self-focused. And I think this is the danger that it happens. Again, doctrine of demons, self-realization, self Focus that even though as a Christian now it's all about you. No, it ain't. It's about God. And again, to find out who we are, the more we learn about him, then God reveals to us. It says they speak lies and hypocrisy. Having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. You know, it's funny. Some of these TV programs that you see, well, uh, you know, um, just have faith and send in all your money and you get a wallet that never will be empty. And all. I, I always want to say, well, why don't you get one of those, dude? Then you don't got to ask me. That's hypocrisy. That's where they don't apply what they're saying to themselves. It's for everybody else. Why is that? Well, their conscience are seared like a hot iron. It's actually uh, cauterized, is the word in the original language, where they would brand a criminal across their forehead, thief or whatever. That's basically what it's saying here. And again, in the hierarchy of all these things that go on, in the, high, in the speaking lies of hypocrisy, forbidding to marry. Now, can you think of any religions where they forbid to marry? I can think of a lot of them. The Catholic Church. 
They don't let their priests or their nuns get married. And look at the, it's almost in the, in the newspaper weekly about some kind of an incident where a, 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 a priest got involved with a, with a, a child or, or whatever. You realize that God made us to be married. And, and if you don't have any desire to be married, the Bible says that's a gift. But don't try to be a celibate if you're not called to be one. And don't let somebody say, well, you can't give. Now, I believe that there are times in which we shouldn't get married. And I think ministers need to point that out. If you're, as a Christian, trying to marry somebody that's a worldly person, the Bible tells us already what fellowship does light have with darkness. Not to be unequally yoked together with non-believers, whether it be in marriage or business contracts or anything like that. Need to be careful about that. Why? They have a different purpose for life. You as a Christian, my life is to serve God. An unregenerated person, a person that's not born again, serves what? Themselves. So if you marry somebody that's serving themselves, you wanting to serve God, you have an overall problem and the overall goal of your lives together. That's why it says that. But when it comes to simply ministers and priests and those involved in the ministry, forbidding to marry, that shouldn't be an issue. That, this, is, this is wrong. And commanding to abstain from foods which God has created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Now again, the dietary laws. There's groups around. Seventh-day Adventist, Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, you can't eat pork. You can't do this. You can't do that. Jesus said it's not what goes into a man's mouth that defiles him. It's what comes out. Always remember that. It's not you eating bacon makes you bad. It's what comes out of a person's mouth. That's why Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. What comes more than these is sin. And he goes on and he says, for every creature of God is good. And nothing is to be refused if received with thanksgiving. It is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. So again, you can pray and just pray over your food and, and thank God. See, in those days, they would, um, when they'd slaughter an animal, they'd drain the blood or leave the blood in the animal. Uh, they would uh, put incense sticks in it and burn it and dedicate it to their God. Then you'd go down to the marketplace, you'd buy your meat, and people go, well, I can't eat that. That meat's been sacrificed to idols. Here Paul's basically saying, if, if you recognize their gods aren't anything, you can receive it with thanksgiving. Be steak. I like it. That's what he's saying. So, sanctified. The word sanctified means set apart. And so, once you pray over something, you say, okay, Lord, this is all about you. It's not about those things. Uh, you can receive it and enjoy it. I think that's really important. In other words, dietary laws do not make us holy as Paul had already warned in other places in the scripture, the new moons and the Sabbaths and all those things do not add anything to your spirituality. What makes you and me spiritual is Jesus. Isn't that good to know? It isn't anything that I do. It's what God does in us. Always remember that. Otherwise, the devil will make you spend the rest of your life trying to get good enough. They're trying to make you think that in order to be good enough, you've got to burn incense sticks. You've got to abstain from certain meats. You've got to work, watch the days you worship on. All these different superstitions. 
The Bible in the Old Testament tells us this is what God's requirement was. He was a holy God. Any kind of a God at all would be concerned about the way you worshiped and all those things. Yes, that's true. But it's fulfilled in Jesus Christ. It is never fulfilled in me. All I can do is give God my heart, my life, and let him do those things. So our spirituality does not come from anything we do. It's what God has done for us. Always remember that. See, the cults, they don't want you to know that. The cults say, well, if you're really good, you got to get out there and do a bunch of good things. And by the way, depending on what group you go to, we'll tell you what those good things are. You got to be a member of the ASPCA. You know, you got to be good to animals and all those kinds of things. You got to eat only organically grown food. You got to wear blue. You got to wear orange and sell flowers in airports. You got to go door to door. And the list goes on and on. Why? Because I want to be right with God. And as long as the cult can keep people not being right with God, they can continue to manipulate the masses. Remember, The Spirit expressly says, in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrine of demons. Stay in Jesus. Verse 6. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. We're going to stop there today because that's really what it's about friends being rooted in jesus where does your faith come from where does your faith come from the bible says he's the author and finisher of my faith any faith that i have in god god's given me so i can't say well my great faith no it's the faith that god's given me why do you know that God is God? You ever wondered about that? I, somebody asked the question one time, when you get to heaven, what question are you going to ask God? I've shared this before. My question will always be, God, why me? Why did you give me enough faith that I could believe in you to accept what you did for me? It isn't anything that I did. You know, it's funny. And we find this even when God selected out Abraham. We find nothing in the Old Testament where Abraham did this grandioso thing, and God says, oh, now you're a shining star. I'm going to make of you a great nation. No, we don't, we don't find anything, as a matter of fact. All we find is God just said, Abraham, of you, I'm going to make a great nation. And I, I often wonder if Abraham didn't say, why me? Well, it's the same thing God would say to you today. If you understand that you're a sinner... You've been separated by God, by the things that we've done wrong, by the things that we've inherited from all of mankind, Adam and Eve. And you recognize that I'm not right with God. See, there's something within us. There's something within us that knows we're not right with God or we are right with God. That's, and I think this is why the cults are successful. Because they know they're not right with God. So if I can just get baptized enough, if I can, and, and, and not, the Bible says we're supposed to be baptized, but I'm talking about baptism for the dead or some other thing that they want you to do to be right with God, to attain the, the Godhead. The, it's something God's already given you. Now live in that. In this new year, our resolution really would be that we would walk and have not just a happy new year, 
but a joy and anointed new year in him. Because again, friends, that's what we need. He's the Lord, we're the servant. I think that's really important. You know when I call Jesus Lord, and the Bible says you cannot call Jesus Lord except by the Spirit. In fact, that's one of the great tests. If you're praying for somebody and they're demon-possessed, and you say, in the name of Jesus, come out of him. And by the way, some of you may be opposed with that opportunity sometime in your life. At least you'll know how to do it. But the one great thing, Jesus is Lord. And when we say Jesus is Lord, that implies that I'm a servant. And I want to be about my daddy's business. In this new year, be about your daddy's business. We know we're in the last days. Just read Luke chapter 21. You will see that as Jesus said, when Jerusalem comes under Jewish control, it's the last generation. Then as we read today, in the last days, perilous times will come. And he tells us about what is going to happen. Demonic influence is going to be everywhere. And by the way, friends, if you haven't watched any late night sitcoms, movies in the theater or whatever, you can see demons are alive and well on the planet Earth. It's wicked. You look at some of the stuff that, that goes on in these movies, like The Dark Knight. I didn't, I've never watched it. All I know is in the premiere showing in one particular town, a bunch of kids shot up a, a, a high school over it. I, 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 I look and realize we are in the battle of invisible empires. May God open your eyes this year to the truth of who Jesus Christ is and the lie of the underworld in Jesus' name. This morning, if you're not a Christian, you need to get right with God. We're in the last days. If you're not in Christ's love and in his truth, that means you are a candidate for a lie from the underworld. And remember, a lie from the underworld will always destroy you. That's the whole purpose of devil. People say, well, you know what? I'm not a Christian. I'm neutral. You ever ran into those? I'm agnostic. And by the way, the word agnostic means ignoramus. So they say, well, I'm agnostic. What they're really saying is, I'm an ignoramus. That's what it means. Check it out. It means I'm completely ignorant of spiritual things. Well, you shouldn't be, and you don't need to be. When you become born again, the Spirit of God comes as that mystery of Christ. To be more like him, as we read about today, becomes real in our life. That's what repentance is. That's when we we say, I I don't want to waste my life on chasing a bunch of stuff that's never going to amount to anything. I want to be about your business, God. The Bible says God will change you from the inside out. That's what God does. So let him do that for you. The greatest New Year's resolution, honestly, any of us could make, Christian or non-Christian, is to say, God, I'm going to serve you with my whole heart this day forward. You know, that's a New Year's resolution that I know you're going to have supernatural godly help to live. And that's a good thing. I need all the help I can get. So let God bless you. Put him first in your life in this New Year's. And I'll tell you, I guarantee you, God will do something. As I, I think New Year's are kind of a good thing. Because we look at December 31st, and we look back over the year. Have I grown closer to God? Have I grown away from God? Am I on the right road? I, I think a lot of times New Year's resolutions remind us that we're not on the right road. And to get on the right road in this new one. I guarantee 
You put Jesus first, you're on the right road. If you've never received Christ as your Savior, we're going to pray right now. You can ask him into your life. You can say, Lord, I'm sick of the way I've lived. That's what repentance is. And I want to live for you from this day forward. Let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today. I ask you to make me the best I can be for you. I'm sorry of the foolish way I've lived. And from this day forward, I want to be about your business. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my Savior. I believe you died on the cross for me. So now, Jesus, come into my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And may I do the very best for you. And thank you for eternal life. Living with you forever in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.